Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! It's that time again, that time for the Marketing Money Podcast. At marketingmoneypodcast.com. Let's see, it's been an interesting week. And again, as you hear this, it's usually a, a week behind. Sometimes we're on the day, days closer. But, but I think the big thing today is our last podcast we published, which will be in between the next one, was crisis communication. And, and we've seen a lot of crisis communication <laughs> issues over the past couple of weeks. I was going to mooch listen. I was going to give the mooch my podcast, but you know there was that part in there where we said don't make the crisis worse than it is. <laughs> I, I don't know what how to help that thing, but he's already done. He's it. funny. Well, I guess he had a he had a ten day job, ten days, ten days. That's yeah, it. He did ten days, and he was out. And so, uh, a communication director, he was not. He might be a billionaire hedge fund manager. And maybe I should give him my money to manage, but I don't think I'd let him manage my marketing or my communication. Would you agree? Mm, I don't have that option, so I'm not going to wait. I don't have the option on either one of those. So I wish uh, VH1 would give him a show <laughs> between the Jersey, Jersey Shore and whatever. I don't know what's on VH1. I wish they'd bring pop-up video back. Remember Behind the Music? They could have Behind the, the Moochick. Mm. Behind the Mooch. I'm not, gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to reward that type of you, behavior. You don't even like the Mooch, do you? Yeah. I mean, well, the Mooch was a character. On what level? I mean, you know, like people like to say they hate Tom Brady, but apparently they hate Eli Manning up in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, uh, I've hung out with Eli Manning for a little bit, and I mean, it name was dropper name dropper. Will you pick that up for me? I yeah. dropped that name. Yeah. Anyway, um, but no, I think Tom Brady would be a cool guy. I guess if. Not if you're a Green Bay Packer fan or something. Well, let's think about it this way. Or we prob- we probably need to redirect this to podcast. What? I think we need to start a sports podcast. Let's 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 drop bank marketing today and just change it. There and- are way too many of those with way too many people that know much more about sports than we do. I don't think we so. like sports. We can obviously have an opinion. But that's not why the people listen to us, and you got to give the people what they want. So, okay. John's so today, a hero of the people. So today we're going to redirect this podcast. to not talk sports. To talk about rebranding. Here's my first question, Her. Mr. Mabus. Uh-huh. When is the right time to rebrand? Right. Go! Right now. Right, right now. now. Rebrand right now. Do it now. right now. When do you know it's time to rebrand? And, and look, let's, let's give a little shout-out to uh, one of your new guys, Hunter Young. Mm-hmm. Hunter wrote a great article. You can find it on LinkedIn or probably ABA Bank Marketing website about naming and naming branding, but it's it's a part of it. But he talked about how generic all bank branding names are. Seventy percent of bank names have the same word in there or something like that. First Citizens National yes. Trust, etc. And so that's where I would start to answer your question. Um, to be a little professorial and to borrow from my friend colleague and co-worker now, Mr. Hunter Young. I guess we could have just had him on the podcast. We know, we know where he works. Your brand is your unique identifier. In branding as a function of marketing, awareness 
and differentiation are key uh, and should be absolutely key goals in what you're spending money and time on. And I would say one of the first markers of needing to rebrand would be that you have the exact same name as like two dozen other institutions that are just like yours. With the caveat that First National Bank in Marietta, Georgia, probably doesn't compete with First National Bank in Ogden, Utah. But they both have the same name. 30 years ago, before SEO and all that was a big deal, and yes, there is um, localized preferences. If you're in Georgia, you're probably going to pull up and you look for First National Bank, you're probably going to pull that up the one closer to you but to the point of what you're saying i guess my thing is that i would ask is when you rebrand do you need to rename well you obviously have an opportunity to because you have to go back to the other side of this and say what's it going to cost you know you got signage and letterhead and stationery and regardless so, so let's not be too quick to jump ship if your bank has been first national bank of Marietta, Georgia, for 100 years, you do have some equity in that in your community. But you're also, if you're looking at updating your visual brand that may look like it's 100 years old and retro might not be cool for what your um, brand image is, but you also are going to have some sunk costs. So it's, it's definitely a time to look at it, to consider it. And uh, and to weigh that brand equity that you have versus your opportunity to advance and differentiate your brand and sometimes uh, modernize it. And you can tell me, since um, you work in a bank, why a bank would change from change their charter. But that's where I see a lot of people renaming. They have to because they're state bank and they go national or they are, merge into another market. And there's already a people's bank. And so you right. can't be the people's bank of this market in this market. So that's where I've seen like first national banks go to a state charter for. Well, let me tell you a great example. Uh, my sister from another mister, Shelly Lofton of Bear State Bank, who will yeah. actually be presenting at the ABA Bank Conference about, about, about branding, works for Bear State. And Bear State has a pretty pretty cool brand. It's different. They, mm-hmm. Instead of a footprint for their market, they call it their paw prints. And they, they do a lot of yeah. hokey stuff. And I say that in with affection for kitchy. it. They do some kitschy, cool stuff around yeah. uh, the Bear State brand. Look it up if you don't. But they, they pulled that from... Uh, First Federal Bank, First National Bank of Hot Springs, and Heritage Bank, all in Arkansas and eastern Oklahoma. And so they basically had three bank charters in like a combined merger, I guess, and acquisition of all three. I don't know who was the dominant and who wasn't because I don't I don't live there and don't know. Right. Uh, but they took generic names. I mean, when you're talking about a First National Bank, a First Federal Bank, and a Heritage Bank, I mean, you're hitting the bank bingo name board over and over again, and they put it into Bear State and came up with kind of a negative space bear and, and in Arkansas in Arkansas and, and the, did some colors with it. And, and they've got some, I mean, you can do some really cool things around marketing with the bear theme. And so um, kudos to, to her. And uh, she's going to present that at the ABA Bank Marketing Conference. And, and they did a really good job rebranding, I believe, in that space. Uh, but when you talk about changing names, I do believe you, you, you should. You have to have a catalyst. You, you have to have you a should. reason. You don't just do it because you're tired of it. And and you have to find the case to change the name. And theirs, they they had a case. They had multiple. They had generic names on top of combining charters and on top of, I mean, inherent to combining or, or dissolving to or creating a new charter changes inherent to that. So they had plenty of reason to do it. 
Um, and I think we've talked about bank branding in some past life podcasts about the, the colors are always blue and green. Uh, and know, there's a reason for that. They're yeah. the most trusted. Strength and trust. Both them kind of Both of them kind of mean, mean strength and trust. And money. Green's money. Yeah. And then you get into. Blue is tranquility. and You get into fast food with the red and the, the yellows and the bright colors, which some of the larger banks have some red in there, which I don't think there's a, an issue with that. But but it's uh, the, the blue and green seem to be the more dominant bank colors, I think, in branding. But again, we talk about awareness and differentiation. So if you were knocked in the head on a trip and you woke up and your eyesight was fuzzy and you looked up at a flag and your your eyesight's really fuzzy, flags are one that like you could probably be able to tell which country you were in if you began to orient yourself. Yeah. If your eyesight was just kind of fuzzy and you looked at the American flag or the Russian flag or French flag, German flag, you would... I don't know how many people know what what color combos. I mean, because the Russian flag and French flag get confused a lot. You would begin to orient yourself. So there's something to be said for, for blue and green because it's, oh, that's a big, as your brain works through kind of the squint test, the quick, oh, that's probably a bank over there. But then it's very difficult to differentiate yourself when you're in that group that's absolutely the same as the next one visually. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, so our our bank's name is Renaissance, and I think it's unique. It means constant renaissance, which I guess they got that backwards, so maybe we were dyslexic in the naming of it. It was named before I got there, but I do like the fact— It is unique. It, it is not- unique, and, and people have problems saying it. I mean, that that's a straight-up— Anytime we've, mer- we've merged Renaissance, is it Renaissance, is it Sant? Renaissance. Is it, yes, so we struggle with it being said— uh, but we don't struggle with it being recognized. So I, I, there's a trade-off, which is somewhat interesting. But we have blue and green our colors. Again, before I was kind of in charge of the brand. But to that point, I, I think we've tried to differentiate our, ourselves with the name, and we've done it. And rebranding is, is something we talked about. And one thing is just the cost of rebranding. Uh, I think the last time I looked at just re-signing our 180 branches or locations, if you want to call them that, because some of them aren't necessarily FDIC branches, uh, you know, we're talking eight, nine million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's and that's putting the new sign in with a new font and however you design it and having to. I think I, we figured that was stationary change out too, but that, I mean, that's not. It is. It, it, but that's that's the that's what that was just an estimated cost. Where right. We were starting putting pencil to it, and, and and you think that, and you're going, wow. If you and and look, we were just for anyone who competes with us or knows us, we're, we're, we're not doing that. But I'm it just, was a, it, it was a, it was an exercise is all it was. Yeah. I mean, two guys driving down the road. Well, what if, and then, then the question as we did, okay, in this fantasy world, if that was true, what's the, what's, what, how, how long you, would it, what, so we got, we have to know what it costs. So is there an equitable, is there a return on investment? Yeah. How long would it take you to make that back? solely dependent upon the, the advantage that you gain through the expense of rebranding. Would an 8 to $9 million investment return 8 to $9 million? And we're over- not even talking about, if, if it's the right word, refabrication of buildings and redesigning actual architecture. We're just talking about sign, stationary, anywhere thing the brand touches that's already out there. And in this fantasy scenario, and I'm not just saying fantasy to throw anybody off. I mean, it, this really was a two- just like we're talking here to you, listener, right now, just talking as we're we're traveling between things, what would that really look like? The quote decision that wasn't it wasn't a decision <laughs> a, to be made. A thing to be yeah. decided was uh, one. No one w- wanted. To, no one believed in that upgrade enough for for this case 
to say that that soul investment would have returned on itself. But it, do, it does. I am a bit curious because I, I, I keep up with other industries and I've watched Wendy's rebrand all of their locations. And I'm sure it's at a cost of the franchise to keep franchisees or maybe it's not. I don't know. But and they have much more research than we do. They do. And McDonald's. Uh, there's a McDonald's in town here that just redid did wood panel walls and made it all kind of cooler looking. They've redone more coffee shop look. Uh, so they've changed their brand, and you're thinking it's a McDonald's. You know, everyone knows what's inside of a McDonald's. You go in, you can almost quote the menu since you were a child, but yet they're still spending, I've, it had to be a few hundred thousand dollars over here to re, redesign mm-hmm. their whole look. Now, they didn't change the Golden Arch sign, but they did change the whole look of the building. Wendy's has changed the whole look of all their buildings And their town. signage and, and changed the name Wendy. I yeah. mean, the, the name Wendy's is still there, but it went to the, the script cursive. So someone's doing some research that rebranding does have a nice ROI, or at least in that industry does. And that Well, we have a restaurant client that saw an immediate boost that paid off very quickly. I bet I will say... That's got to be different from banking to to the food industry right. because the food industry you actually have an experience of eating inside of the restaurant well, you want to or go going to a restaurant. in. Banks people don't want to go in banks, yeah. and and so I would almost say that if that's what you're looking at, put that into your digital infrastructure and create the greatest digital experience you can provide versus the physical infrastructure of a branch. In that, that might be that you know automated full-time AI teller or whatever it is that talks to you and does all that, which I think is kind of, I don't know. I don't know why you need that when you can do everything on your phone now, including deposit check, other than getting cash. Do it yourself without having to. But if you're going to put the money into it, uh, so that's saying, because I like going down a tactical list. One was, if you're going to rebrand, look at changing the name. Bear State's my example. They had At least look at it. And there was a reason, but look at it and and pick apart. Try to find something different. And then next, I guess, would be if you do choose a new name, then you've obviously got the opportunity to choose a new logo. Oh, I was going to say Frog. Oh, because you want to be Frog State Bank. We hop to it. <laughs> you like that one? Amphibious. You can go and you're, you know, you can be diversified. Yes. Frog. Yes. Frog Bank. Yes, you could you could be you could be amphibious. So what was it? New what? It was I think it was Charles Shackelford who played for the NC State Wolfpack yeah, in the late nineties when after the game the ref the the reporter asked him why he was so good at basketball. They said you can go to your left and play to your right, shoot with either hand. He said because I'm amphibious instead of ambidextrous. Yeah. Hey, which was hilarious. At guess the time. what I just did? What'd you do? I made this a sports podcast. You you always get me. <laughs> I didn't even bait you into that one. I, and if it if it wasn't Charles Shackelford, I do apologize to Charles Shackelford. I'm just picking on him because I, I thought that's who Barrett said it. Did a did a similar thing. Yeah. Too. Um, and they probably pinned on. It was probably a Carolina fan pinned on an NC State player because it yeah. probably didn't happen. Charles Shackelford was a heck of a basketball player, so I will give him that. He might have been ambidextrous and, and amphibious, and he probably didn't say it. Yes. So I just for some reason that's the name in my head that people pin that on as a child. So. Yeah. Anyway. So you gonna do a new logo? You gonna do a new logo? What do you need to do? What do you need to do to do 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 a logo go? Hire a good company. That's I mean, look, this I saw a local thing as I was driving over here to our ivory tower of podcasting that was I know was like a school contest of a logo, and it's a new logo, and I was just like, man, these people didn't take that seriously, and so I'm the guy that charges money to hire us to do brand all the time. I have to defend this. 
let's go to Charles Shackford. You don't whether he said amphibious for ambidextrous, he could ball me out of the court. If you're putting a pickup team together, hire him. If you're doing a logo, hire me. You know, I mean, there are some innate skills. Brand design is something that we hire at my company specifically for. Um, so I would say, I mean, you have to have a, a professional agency. A professional agency that is a brand specialist. And look, you must admit, listener, that I'm not very self-promotional on this, but there's some people out there that say they're they're specialists in branding and financial branding that just aren't. Everything is governed by taste, but... Um, I would say, look at the end product. And if that's the end product you want, then great. Because we're not for everybody either. But Josh, you're going to charge me some thousand dollars for it. And and Billy, Billy, local banker, has a nephew who's in graphic design at the local school, at the local community college, and he'll do it for $200. Well, I have a nephew that's pretty good at math. Then why don't you make him your CFO? There are skills... And I mean, I see this happen all the time. And, you know, the thing is, is I'm not going to, I would never sit and try to convince someone to not hire their nephew. If if you're at that level and you, you, you bring, if, if a person really brings that up and that's their thought. I've heard that a, uh, well, a ton. Heard, I, I, I have people all the time come to the marketing department and say, I have a friend or I have a cousin or I have a family member who does graphic design. And every, then you go, okay, well, let me see some of their stuff. And they show it to you and it's, it would be like, I don't know, me trying to I get a bunch of resumes of people who want to be what we are. And again, it's one of those things of I don't even try to sell it. If 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 your mindset is that's good and you don't have the the differentiating I look today, I was in a meeting and and a, a client looked at work that we did in the past and said, This looks like clip art. And I said, Thank you. Because clip art is created by a fantastic graphic designer for it to be universal. This particular thing was hand-drawn and specifically hand-drawn for a need. And it was a, a unique element to this event. And then I looked at the piece that they hired some fly-by-night freelancer. And it's literally the clip art that you, they, they had actually used clip art. But it was clip art all around this invitation. And one of them was like the... The bass hooked like reeling, like a reel and a bass that you see on Pawpaw's fishing hat. <laughs> and I mean, it was like, well, that is clip art. And I could have yelled and flipped the table and gotten real pissed off about the comparison. And just, but I was, if you don't see the difference and you don't and you can't discern, then it, go ahead and hire the nephew. Then there's, but I will tell you, scientifically, geometrically, mathematically, psychologically created logos. Well-structured logos perform better than amateur ones. Oh, I mean, this is going to sound like amateur hour saying it, but, I mean, you look at the Nikes, you look at the professional companies that are logo-based. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Disney with the mouse ears. I mean, you look at these companies that have strong branded logos. And given – I hate using those examples because they're the ones everybody uses and no one – are is or are those brands but my point in saying that is it wasn't some overfly by night just put that together and i see it with local companies not necessarily banks but some but local companies all the time in the community that no. have very weak and the thing i would say is to go back to the renaissance thing we wouldn't have that um discussion about rebranding if it couldn't it could be improved absolutely and i think you can improve anything yeah except for nike and disney and true maybe <laughs> maybe Hey, they, they've morphed their logos over the years. Go back and look. Oh, absolutely, they have, and and what supports them, and and all of that. But let's get so to get back on stance. 
you look at your name, do you need to change? If I was going to start rebranding, the first thing I would say is I'd look at the ROI first. Mm-hmm. And even if you can't come up with a hard ROI, I would look at it and say how much, at least come up with the cost. Say, okay, are we willing to bite this off? Is our board going to support it? Is our, our, our employees and clients going to support it? Clients are the fact of that you want to be differentiated against the other banks. So, okay, we've decided we're going to spend money. So that's one. Come up with some type of ROI equation, whether it's hard or whether it's somewhat haloed, as in it's going to maybe do this and do that. Come up with that too. Second is I, I look at the name. After you come, if you can afford it, mm-hmm. are you going to do what name do you want? Because look, don't just change the colors and logo if you've got the same name as every bank everywhere. Well, you have the, the question should be asked at that point. And in the mix should be your current name. Yeah. So, so you go, you look at your name, you look at other names, you change the name up, you come up with your new name. Then you can. Then I think you go into the color palette discovery. What represents our culture? What represents what we want to present to folks? Do we want to be the fast, quick bank, and does it need to be silver and red and quick colors, or does it need to be the dark blue and the slower, more regal type traditional coloring? Well, another thing about color theory that, that I see so many um, amateur brand branders do is you know, we're talking about blue and green. I've seen these logos that if they don't appear in the brand color, they're not on brand. Go back to Nike. We used them earlier. The swoosh and the word Nike and the and, and the typeface that's being used. I mean, you see kids, adults, whatever, run around with these kind of saying shirts, I guess. You need to practice more and all that. They're in blue and green and pink and orange and yellow, and you still know it's a Nike shirt. Oh, yeah. Strong brands, strong, well-constructed brand systems can support multiple colors. Do you need to? Well, maybe not primarily. So let, let's pick on something, uh, regions, with a, with a single bold color, green. If a region's ad isn't green, it's not on brand. Now, strong bank, whatever, does it need another color? Well, maybe it doesn't need the logo to ever appear in another color, but it at least needs the flexibility for some secondary and tertiary colors to be able to support it for specific things, or I believe it would be a much more versatile and amphibious yes. brand. You know, company that did it, send me send me the thing where you told me that there's a secondary palette, and I'll reply to you and say, yeah, but nobody knows to use it, or nobody's actually using it in the daily design. I, I really, it irks me to see brands that don't have that flexibility. Yeah, I, I agree. Not, not just the primary colors that represent, oh, immediately, orientation to what the brand is but they don't have those any flexibility with their secondary and tertiary colors yeah no i I agree i think uh coke and regions might be an interesting study because coke puts themselves on red almost all the time but they have been i've seen them they own their own yes they own their own but i've seen them on black i've seen them on other colors gold i've seen them use their cursive script and then and also their hard script on other colors but you know red's the color they own my favorite coke thing i have to tell you because it was in subway uh new york subways it was a coke ad that just said coke and right above it it said your own (laughs) so it read your own coke yeah yeah that's uh oh oh no i'm not anyway it was it's kind of cool even the big guy i don't know maybe it was for buzz and maybe it was intentional yeah but i was like you remembered it I, I, and mentioned it on a podcast with thousands and thousands of listeners. You, you did. So um, here's the happiness Coke, whatever it is. But uh, open up some happiness. But, and then, like I said, some things are so iconic. We talk about professional designers who did the things. And, again, you brand nerds out there that listen. Well, well, you know, the, the person who did Nike wasn't. Well, no, it was a graphic designer. 
didn't get lucky, well-constructed logo. Um, and there are many skills skill levels within professionals. But, yeah, there are exceptions that prove the yeah. rule. Well, we've been, been hitting on this, so it's budget, it's name. It's You choose the name, then you choose the logo, get the professional logo. And then I think you look at uh, – you, you may, after that, look at taglining and what tagline – and we've done a podcast on taglines, mm-hmm. so go back and listen to that if well, you want to hear that. One thing I'm going to throw but, in because I'm in the middle of – the meeting I left to come here was about sign change. I'm doing a rebrand for a five-location business, and I'm calling the contractor because nobody else – I mean, I'm the guy. Do you have an Can app- you take the pain? Yeah, can you take it? It is, it is a pain. And I told everybody when we started, this is going to be a nightmare. Somebody's going to want to kill somebody else. And I'm trying to just track down somebody to, do, to redo the ephus, if you know what that is, drywall – or not drywall um, – stucco-ish stuff behind the current sign to get it ready for the next sign company to put the signs up. And this guy, well, I don't know. I can get there maybe. I was like, I called you two months ago to start this process. Business cards, inventory. I mean, consider the cost and not just the financial cost. If you can pull it off, it's one of the most gratifying, glorious things you can do in marketing. But it will stretch your bandwidth until you the owner of the agency is calling about the con- the subcontractor of the contractor. Yes. I guess what we're saying is rebranding if you can do it and do it right is an awesome thing. But just realize that through this talk whether it's the name, the logo, the color, the tagline and then going all the way to the the actual physical changes that must take place and physical changes. Well, and, <laughs> and the other thing I would say is let me throw this in when we talk about the pain. You're also going to have a group, a contingent inside and outside your institution that completely disagrees, even if they never voice it until after it's done, who comes out of the woodwork and says, well, if you never changed it, we wouldn't have these problems. There's no scenario where everyone sees the potential equally. And you will you will have to fight political battles, personal battles, budget battles. It is... Not for the weak of heart. Look, I've I've said politics, religion, and marketing, and and about oh, marketing is that the other two are bigger. I get that, but are three things that everyone can have an opinion on, and everyone's opinion is often very different. Well, and and I saw this. I can't remember who to attribute it to. We all eat food, but there's a big difference between consuming food and being a four star chef. Yes. Yeah, we all live in consuming, a house, but that doesn't mean we can build one. Consuming and creating are two different things. So, well, I think keep that in your little knapsack. I think knowledge. we've we've had a nice discussion today on whether you should rebrand or not. Run and, and uh, yeah, yeah, just um, some things to consider, as they say. All only thi- call me if you have your um, contractors lined up, <laughs> uh, or or call me if you want me to talk you out of it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, making a, a rebranding decision brings challenges, and it's something we should all. Uh, at some point, look into and consider, but uh, or consider and not do. But anyway, for today's Marketing Money Podcast, this is John Oxford and Mr. Josh Mabus, and uh, see ya.
Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.